Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast, and thank you for joining with us to worship and learn more about God. We are so excited to have you be a part of this week's service. For more podcasts and services from past weeks, or to join us online on Sunday mornings, check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, enjoy the message. Well, good morning. How are you, crowded? <laughs> Welcome to Renaissance. It's so great to be with all of you. If we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Jeff, and I'm one of the pastors here at the church. And a couple of people were asking. So last week was uh, Easter. We celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Re- yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. And um, but and and Samantha mentioned it earlier. That's a key part for us. And so last week we added a second service because we normally just have the one 10 o'clock gathering. Um, but a number of people have come up to me and asked, like, what, how was the attendance over Easter weekend? Because it's kind of a big deal. So I'll just, I was on vacation last week, so I had no idea. I'd ask the question myself. But I just want you to know if you're asking, um, our attendance last week over two services was just over 650 people, which is really great. So let's give the Lord a hand clap for that. That's wonderful. Which, you know, for us, it's just exciting. We love to um, tell people about Jesus, and we love it when the seats are full. If I could be honest with you, though, we did it with 20 people in the room, and we'll do it again with 20 people in the room. It don't matter to us. We'll do it with just a few people or a lot of people. We believe, we believe, and I, I say this, the church here believes that God sends the people that he wants to hear the message. And we believe that those of you that are here, maybe visiting or maybe back for the second time after Easter, that you're here intentionally for a purpose. Um, Samantha talked about, th- about that as well. And we believe you're going to be blessed today with the message that you have. So I brought my friend John Hockaday up here to introduce our guest speaker. So I'm gonna turn it over to John. Thank you, Betty. Um, like Jeff said, I'm John, and I'm here to introduce Dean. So this is just really quick, kind of unusual. I, I met Dean about four years ago, and uh, through some real unusual circumstances, but we become friends. And oddly enough, this is only the second time that I've met Dean or been to, with him face to face. You know, we had supper last night together and had a few people over, but. I hear from Dean really, really regularly. He texts me, uh, and I thought it was just me that I was that special, but he let me know last night it was one of 350 people that he texts. <laughs> so we're, we're like this. <laughs> kind of took a little of the wind out, honestly. I yeah, I thought the whole thing was hanging on me, but really not that way. But no, he, he lets, lets us know like where he's going next so we can be praying for him mm, and what he's doing. And so, guys, you're in for a, a really special warning, I think. What a sweet, humble guy Amen. and uh, loves, loves Jesus. He's a Jesus guy, isn't he? He, he is, he is. So, <laughs> so enjoy be, yourself. He, yeah, it's going to be great. So we're going to uh, show a short video. Um, and then while you watch that, uh, Dean will make it to the stage. So um, let's just give him a clap as he makes his way there back. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. couldn't catch my breath. It was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now, 
he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria. He was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent, it can move, you know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth, I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, you know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. 
they came to greet me in. And it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was gonna follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was gonna survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We gotta get people saved. We gotta let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there more than I need you here. And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise the Lord. Well, it is great to be here. I thank Jeff, Pastor Jeff, for having me come out. My friend um, back there, John Holiday. Hockaday. <laughs> it is a holiday, though. <laughs> I know his name, you guys. <laughs> now that just proves what he said earlier, how important he is really to me, you know. <laughs> I should call him Jim. That would really help him out. <laughs> you know? But it's just great to be here. Yeah, you just saw that video. In that video was the doctor that was actually in the room, Dr. Rigge. So you didn't have a play actor playing a doctor up there. You had the actual doctor that was in the room. And you heard his words. His words was, I was really, really dead for a long time. You know, he wasn't the doctor that caused the issue. He was the one that was called in to clean up the mess. He's a critical care doctor. In the state of Washington, he was rated in the top 10 doctors in the state of Washington. And Washington has more than 10 doctors, just to let you know that, okay? <laughs> All right. He was rated the number one patient care doctor in the state of Washington. I show that video mainly for that reason. One time a little kid asked his mom, um, how did Dean get the camera in heaven when he went to heaven? You know, that type of thing. <laughs> I took my um, iPhone with me and was doing selfies up there. Hey, wish you could be here. You know, that type of thing. You know, but... <laughs> The reality of it is that's all dramatization, but the doctor and my wife, those are real things that they're saying there. I can prove I died. That's the easy part. You can say I didn't go to heaven, but you can't say I didn't die. An hour and 45 minutes, that's what the medical records say. 
But I get to tell you something, you guys. I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. I get to say it this way. I'd love to say it this way. I went where Christians are supposed to go. <laughs> it's not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happened to us when we leave our body. Coming back is a whole different issue. And don't think I went so that I could tour it and come back and tell you about it. When I went, I was going to go to stay. If it wasn't for Jesus saying to me, no, it's not your time going back. I uh, go back rather. I would still be there. I tell people all the time, John, I would have met you in heaven. I was okay with that. You guys, you don't get it. This place got issues. <laughs> I was in a place where everything was right. There was nothing wrong. And I fit. Some of you got to realize something. You were created to be in rightness, not rightness according to how I say it's right, but how God says it's right. That's your natural environment. That's why on this planet, Luke, you things get to you. you. You have a hard time with things because it's out of God's plan and you were never meant to be out of God's plan. Somebody better grab what I just said there, you know. So I share that with you. One time a little kid came up to me. I was in Mefford, Oregon. And, and I think he, gra he grabbed it better than anybody. He came up to me and he said, you died? I said, yes. He said, you went to heaven? I said, yes. He said, you came back? I said, yes. He said, sorry. <laughs> he got it, you guys. You know, we were created for that realm to be with God Almighty. Some of you got to grab. You want to want to know why you're out of place or feeling out of place? Because this is a place you're passing through. I get to tell people all the time, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I need to go as I am going home. But if you're born again, know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, guess what? You're on your way home too. This is not your home. You're passing through. Doesn't mean you don't take care of it. Doesn't mean you don't be kind. It just means you got to understand the roots that you're trying to put down will never go down in this soil because they are already set up in there. Somebody regret what I just said here. You know, there's scriptures that I like to go through. I get to tell this story to a lot of people. I always tell people this is not my testimony. It's his. I just laid there. I didn't do anything, you guys. I didn't even try to, I wasn't up there saying, let me go back to that planet. Please let me go back to that planet. You guys, this planet got issues. Lots of issues. You know, I, I tell people all the time, this is his story I get to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. That's all a testimony is. Yeah. Many of you have testimonies. It's really his story you get to tell people. Somebody better grab what I just said there. You know, but I use the scriptures a lot of time when I'm sharing this. I tell people 99 percent of everything I experienced with the father and Jesus, I can. It's in the word of God. Ninety nine. There's things I'm not going to share here because it's going to take some study and you get there. But there's some things I'm going to share with the scriptures that are going to you're going to say, yeah, that bears witness with that. One of the scriptures I start off with is John, the 14th chapter one through six. I start off with this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Jesus Christ talking. In my father's house of many mansions, if it were not so, I would, I would, if it was not so, I would, wait, 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 let me, I lost my place. I go to prepare a place for, if it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, you may be also. That's just settle in somebody's mind right now. Whether you like it or not, you're going to be where he is. You know why I went to heaven? Because he said, that's where you go. Somebody better grab what I just said here. 
I didn't go to heaven because I believed I would go to heaven. I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. Because I made that decision, I got to go to heaven. Somebody better grab me. Somebody, sometimes people don't realize this. Now listen to what I'm getting ready to say. Because sometimes people say, no, you got to believe you go. No, you don't have to believe. You're going any old way, whether you believe it or not. When you get there, you can argue with him. How many of you going to argue with him? He said it. He said, that's what happens to us when we leave our body. We go to be with him. Someone one time came up and said, it doesn't say you go to heaven. It says you go to be with Jesus. Well, where's Jesus? He with the father. Where's the father? He in heaven. Somebody better grab what I just said there. I use that word grab a lot of times. It means grab it, put it on the inside of you and let it grow. Because that means God wants to show you even more. You know, so here it is, you guys. It says here uh, and where I go, you know, in a way, you know, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth and the life. No one. Listen, no one. Listen, no one comes unto the father except through me. You know, sometimes when I say that, people say, well, you kind of kind of narrow way of getting to heaven. I'm going to let you know it isn't my way. It's his way. I got to experience it because I was born again. Someone said, well, I don't know. That's your belief system. Guess what I get to tell you? You'll find out. Because <laughs> everybody on the planet sooner or later is going to leave their body. Those that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they're going to go where he said they're going to go. Is this good news? Yeah. Some of you, it's out of your hands. You are already born again. It's out of your hands. You're going whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know? But my Bible also says this. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's better you find out here because there it is too late. It's going to come out of your mouth sooner or later. Sometimes people say, well, you just offend people. I'd rather offend them here because there it is too late, you guys. Somebody better grab what I'm saying here. Because people need to know. Everybody needs to know, you know, that Jesus Christ is the only way. I died hour and 45 minutes, according to the medical records. That's not Dean Braxton telling you that. That's what the medical records say. That I died for an hour and 45 minutes. I had a kidney stone that got stuck on the right side. It caused a kidney infection. They gave me antibiotics for that infection, but I was that one person that the medicine didn't work on. You know, that happens with people. They went ahead and did the operation and they blasted the stone. And when they blasted the stone, they pushed the poison into my bloodstream and I became what you call septic. And everything in my body started shutting down. Everything. According to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body. But you know what your God did? He healed all 29. He healed all 29. You know, my wife, which you saw up there, I call her the general. Because when this was going on and she found out that this has happened to me, she started directing people how to pray for me. You guys hear me? Even after I came back, they put me on life support. You know, that breathing machine that was doing all the work for me and everything like that? Because my lungs had shut down. My kidneys had shut down. They put me on dialysis and everything like that. And she wouldn't let anybody in that room unless they believe I could be healed. Did she offend somebody? Yeah. Did she make people mad? Yes. She had people that came to the hospital and they started talking doubt. And she said, visiting hours is over. <laughs> Some of you need to start telling people visiting hours is over. You're believing God for something. And you got people with good hearts and everything, but they're putting doubt inside of you. And you need to start telling them visiting hours is over. You need to put around you those that are going to believe that it's going to happen. Somebody better grab what I just said there. You know, the other thing that she did is she protected me. She wouldn't let anybody in that room that, as I said earlier, that didn't believe that I could be healed. And she even told the nurses and the doctors, you don't turn on the TV. 
You don't turn on anything. She made sure the room was a healing room. Somebody better grab what I just said here. She made sure the atmosphere was for healing. Did she offend people? Yes, but look at the results. Look at the results, you guys. She called up my best friend at the time because he was one of those doubting Thomas. You know, one that said, God, but, God, but, you know, they always come up with the but thing. He, she called him up and said, don't you dare come to the hospital. Was he mad? Yeah. Did he get upset? Yeah. But look at the results. Somebody better grab what I said because you need this in your life right now. You know, the other thing that she did is when they said I would have brain damage, everybody that that reads the Internet, you can go on there and you can find out if you lose five to to 10 minutes of oxygen to your brain, you end up with brain damage. I don't have brain damage. Every once in a while, my wife thinks I do, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> I don't have brain damage, you guys. I don't have it. OK. I shouldn't be able to talk to you right now. According to the science, I should not be able to form my words. Do you guys hear? I lost oxygen to my brain for an hour and 45 minutes. I'm not telling you a story. I've been vetted so many times. I've been screened so many times. And every single time they come up with the same thing, Luke, I died. Every medical person that ever looks at it, he died. Okay, hour and 45 minutes is what they say in the medical records. I should not be able to talk to you right now. When they came to my wife and they said to her, he said to her that I probably would have brain damage, she looked at him and said, it doesn't have to be that way. She didn't say, you guys don't know what you're talking about. You doctors are all crazy. We don't have to believe in you. She didn't say that. She said, there's another way that God can operate. And she was letting them. Some of you need to start saying, it doesn't have to be that way. God has another way for you. I don't care what it is, how bad it is. God has another way. And you've got to start saying, it doesn't have to be that way. Is that good news, you guys? So he healed all 29 different things. He didn't even leave anything there to make me humble. Because sometimes we think, if I have a sickness, it helps me to be humble. You know how you become humble? Talk to Jesus. You come in contact with Jesus, you're going to be humbled. You know, Mary Magdalene found that out. You guys grab this? You know, he healed everything. I died hour and 45 minutes. I'm going to let you know something. When that moment came upon me and I knew I was dying, I didn't freak out. I didn't uh, get hysterical. I was not afraid. All of a sudden, I came to the realization I was dying. How did I die? My lungs stopped operating. I suffocated. That's what really happened to me. The poison hit my lungs first and my lungs start, stopped operating. I died the worst death I could have died. You say, why? Because I almost drowned as a little kid and I can remember what it was like to struggle for air. And I would go to God every once in a while and say, God, if I'm going to die, don't let it be suffocation. And how do I die? I suffocate. But the greatest thing about it was when I realized I was dying in that moment, all of a sudden I said to these words, I'm going home. Joy, peace, comfort came all over me. If my friend John had known me at that time and came to the hospital, I was going to fight him off because I knew where I was going. The pool is strong. I'm going to tell you right now, when you're in that moment, the pool is strong to be with your father. Stronger than you can imagine. That's why some of you were with your loved ones and you saw them. They were, that pool is strong to be there, you guys. You that are born again, you that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you that have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you. The pool is strong. It's pulling on you right now, whether you realize it or not. And the closer you get to it, the stronger it gets to be home with the Father. You know, 
So here it is. I came to realize at that moment I was going to die. And I just remember this, you guys. Sometimes people would, I have a book out there called What It Feels Like to Die. I just kind of had the title to say that. Because the reality, I always tell people, I really don't know. So I said, what do you mean you don't know? I came to understand something. It wasn't that my body died and my spirit left. It was my spirit left and my body died. That's what really happened. It comes with the package, whether you believe it or not. I didn't even know it happened that way. I always thought, because I used to see it on TV, people die and then the spirit leave. You know what I'm talking about. But I came out to understand. I said, born again, know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside. No, our spirit leaves and our body dies. Scriptures even say that. In James, the second chapter, the 26 verses says, faith without works is dead, just like the body is dead without the spirit. If we go to Genesis, the second chapter, we find out that even man to become a living soul, God had to what? Breathe in that man first, and then that man became a living soul. Wouldn't it be the opposite? You guys grabbing this? You just celebrated Easter. Okay? Let me tell you what Jesus did on Easter. When he rose from that dead, us that are born again, go back and get the benefit of leaving our body before our body dies. We're not going to be there. Someone said, well, what was it like to die? I said, I don't know. I wasn't there. (laughs) Is that good news, you guys? That pain you think you're going to go through, even Paul has said, you will not experience the sting of death because of what Jesus Christ. Now, you that don't know Jesus, you're going to go through it. All you have to do is accept it from him and you don't have to go through it. And he even says this. I want to read this scripture because I think it's so cool. You know, most of the time, well, I got to read another one because Jesus just told me some of you are out there said, I don't know about that, Dean. Let me read this to you. Hebrews 2, 9. But we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. He suffered death. He suffered death so that by God's grace, he would experience death on behalf of everyone. That's your physical death. On that cross. I like the way that she said it. On that cross. He looked at it as you were on that cross and he took the pain that you would have to take in that moment of dying so that you would not have to experience it. But guess what? You have to accept it. He's not going to force it on you. It's like me. If I knew Luca a a long time ago when he was buying his first car and I went down. I know you, Luca, so I'm using your name. Okay. if your dad was up here, I'd say John, but he way back there in the back. He's a backseater. He's not a front seater. We won't go there. But the bottom line is this, okay? If, if I'd known you way back then and, and you had a car payment and I went and paid the car off, but if you didn't accept me paying the car off, you would still go to the bank to pay it off. Jesus has already paid the price. He's just asking you to accept it. Bottom line, he has already chose you. He just wants you to choose him. And the benefits come with it, you guys. It's that simple. I got the benefits when I left my body. I got the benefits. I got benefits I didn't even know I had. Is that good news? You know, he get, it comes with the packages, I tell people a lot of times. I left my body. I went to be at the Father and Jesus. How fast did I get there? To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Faster than you can blink. A lot of times when people tell me, well, I was there when they breathed their last. Well, I always tell people, you just saw that body struggling without that spirit. They were gone a long time ago. You know, they died in a terrible accident. They born again. They left before it happened. 
Somebody better grab what I have here. So some of you, I was with a man uh, a few weeks ago and he was he was grieving over his daughter that died in a fire. And he was thinking, man, she must have gone through all the pain. And I said, wait a minute. She left before it happened. Because of what Jesus Christ did on that cross, you guys. I know some of you say, I don't know if I believe that. That's okay. You still get it any old way. It's not based off your belief system. It's based off of what he did. Is this good news, you guys? So here I am. I'm leaving my body. I'm going to be at the Father and Jesus. To be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Fascinating. You can blink. I was there. I remember leaving my body. I can remember leaving the hospital. I can remember leaving the whole area. One time one person asked me, said, was there an angel that was by you that uh, directed you? I said, if that angel was there, I left it behind. The reason is because I have the best GPS on the inside of me called the Holy Spirit. He know how to get there. Is this good news, you guys? So I believe in my body. I'm going to be with the Father and Jesus. I'm going through our atmosphere. I'm going through our universe. I hit this realm where you heard many people say it's like a light at the end of the tunnel. It's real dark and there's a light at the end of it. That light looked like a window to me. Was it a window? No. That's the best way I could describe it. Many of the people in the Bible, when they're describing spiritual things, they use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. They don't say that's what it is. They say this is the closest I could come to describing what it looks like on this planet. You guys hear me? I say the same thing. It looked like a window. It wasn't a window. That's the closest I could come to describing it. What got me as I'm headed toward that light, which I knew where the Father and Jesus is, or what we would call heaven, all of a sudden these other lights were passing me by. You know what they were? They were the prayers that people were praying for me and others. They were moving faster than me to get there. How fast was I moving? The best way for me to describe it, I can't say the speed of sound. That's too slow. I can't say the speed of light. That's too slow. All I can say is the way the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. And yet the prayers, somebody grab what I just said here. The prayers that people were praying for me and others were passing me by like I was standing still. Why would that be? I tell you, one of the scriptures that that that, that promote that and I love it is found in First um, Peter uh, three twelve. for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to your prayers. He wants to hear from you. Why would that be? We'll go back to Genesis, the second chapter. We got Adam being created. This is before Eve is created. And God puts a mouth on him and a voice in him. What was it for? Not to talk to the animals, but to talk to him. Your very mouth and your very voice was created for God Almighty. You were created to talk to him. Secondary is for me to talk to you. Primary is for me to talk to him. I'm going to challenge you. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, ask yourself, have I used this mouth and this voice for what it was created for? I'm just telling you guys that you were created to talk to him. As I'm moving toward that, 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 that realm, I came to understand something about prayer. There's things like other things I could say, but this is uh, one of the things that God has let me say today. Your prayers don't have a shelf life. No expiration date. Where's that found in the scriptures? In Corinthians, we got a man. No, not in Corinthians. We have a man in in Acts, the 10th chapter. We have a man named Cornelius and an angel comes to him and an angel says to him, your prayers and your good deeds are memorial before God. The word memorial means remembrance. 
You guys grabbing this? Some of you need to build a bigger memorial in heaven. God will still operate off prayers even after you leave the planet. Some of you in this room because somebody prayed for you generations ago. Grandmas do that. (laughs) Grandmas pray for generations. And God is still operating off those prayers even at this moment. Is this good news? Some of you say it's the favor of God. It is the favor of God. But your grandma prayed for you long time ago. Might have been generations ago. And God's still operating off those prayers. Some of you are in this room because of that reason. I get into that realm. The first thing that hits me is everything is right. There's nothing wrong. It's past peace. There's nothing to be peaceful from. How do you explain that on the planet? Because on the planet, everything, everything around us, we want, we want peace. Maybe the weather today isn't what you want it to be. So you want peace from it. You're in here. Do you understand what I mean? Yesterday, it was a nice day. Okay, we were outside. You know, maybe it's something else. But in heaven, there's nothing to be peaceful from. The Bible says we can experience it every once in a while. It's called peace, past understanding, found in Philippians, the fourth chapter. But that's what it was like. And I fit. I didn't get there. And they said, hey, you just came from the earth. There's a quarantine over here for two weeks and then you can come in. (laughs) Is that good news, you guys? You born again, you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. You that have the Holy Spirit, you fit because of Jesus Christ. You know, everything there was glad I was there. The father was glad I was there. The, Jesus Christ was glad I was there. The Holy Spirit. And when I say the Holy Spirit, understand this. The Holy Spirit was on the inside of me. Whether you realize it or not, you that are born again, you're going to have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you forever. You might as well get used to it. I hear people a lot of times say, I don't feel close to God. They're born again. Wait a minute. How much closer can he get? He lives on the inside of you. Just because you don't feel it doesn't mean he's not there. Somebody needs to hear that in this room right now. Because you're not feeling it. And I'm telling you right now, you born again, know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. He is close. He on the inside of you. When I get there, he didn't jump out and say, I got to go get somebody else. <laughs> you know? He said what? We heard it this morning. He never leave you nor forsake you. Somebody got to grab this. You know? But everything there was glad I was there. But this is where I separate from my colleagues. Because they want to describe what it looks like. The flowers, the rivers, the mountains. They're all beautiful, you guys. They're just wonderful. But I didn't go to heaven because I wanted to be in heaven. I went to heaven because that's where the Father and Jesus is. I came to understand something. It's not a place you want to be in. It's a person you want to be with. That's what's drawing you. When people used to say, because I used to come, I came back and I used to say, I was the father in Jesus. And they said, weren't you in heaven? And I get really sad. And the reason I get really sad, because I said, you don't get it. Heaven's not heaven without the father in Jesus. You take them out of there. You have no heaven. So it's not a place you want to be in. It's a person you want to be with. You guys grabbing this? You know? So here I am. I'm there. I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. You know, I can remember when I first saw him. What did I do? I did exactly what the Bible said. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know we got that song called I Could Only Imagine. And you're going to probably do all that dancing and thing. But the first thing you're going to do when you see your Lord is bow, just like the Bible said. It's our natural position. Whenever we feel the presence of Jesus, what do we want to do? Bow. 
Even today, as we were singing, many of you, yes, you raised your hand. Many of you, yes, you did this. But many of you wanted to go down on your hands and knees because you felt the presence of Jesus. That's the normal position that we have when Jesus shows up. And what did I do? I went down on my hands and knees. The first few moments, I didn't even look at his face. I was looking at his feet. That's what I was looking at. And I remember saying these words, you did this for me. Because I came to understand something. The only reason I was there, the only reason I was there, the only reason I was there is because of what he had done. My good works didn't get me in, you guys. Bible says it's not by works. But many of us think if we keep on working, we get a better place in heaven. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't even think that way. That mindset does not exist there. It isn't that you can go back and remember that's how you used to think. It doesn't even exist there. You know, I came to understand something. Even me standing up before you right now. My Bible says I am to do everything as unto the Lord. He's working through me. You can come up later on and say, Dayton, you did a great job. I'm going to say, he did it. I'm listening to him. He's telling me how to do this. Do you know, I've probably done this over a thousand, more than a thousand times. Every time is different. People that have traveled with me say, every single time is different. Because he tells me what your hearts need to hear. I don't know a lot. Jeff can tell you as he's ministering. There's many times he's up there and he's saying something and he said it for the first time. And you think, wow, Jeff is really intelligent. And he's thinking, wow, that was really good. <laughs> Ask him. He'll tell you. Anyone that ministers know that the Holy Spirit uses them for those things. You know, it's him working through me. So these good works didn't get me in. Jesus did. My bad works didn't keep me out. My Bible literally tells me this, that when he forgives you, he forgets it. It's found in Hebrews, the eighth chapter. If you don't believe it, that he goes and uh, uh, reiterates it in Hebrews, the 10th chapter, that literally when he forgives you, he forgets it. And I know some of you said, but ain't he going to open up a book and he's going to start telling me all these things about myself in that book where your name should be is another name. It's called Jesus. When he took it, he took it, you guys. I remember when he looked at me, he looked at me like I never sinned in my entire existence. When he said he forgot it, he forgot it. You know, sometimes people say, well, then why should I be this way? Why should I act this way? Why should I be kind? Why should I do these things? Because that's who you are. You are a Christian. Act like it. He's giving you the Holy Spirit to help you. It's called the fruit of the spirit. And it's not to do the people you want to do it with. It's to do it with the people you don't want to do it with. He wants you to be gentle to people you don't want to be gentle to. He wants you to be kind to people you don't want to be kind to. He wants you to have patience with people that you don't want to have patience with. He wants you to have self-control with people you don't want to have self-control with. You guys getting this? It's all about him. I was only there because of what he had done. Is this good news? Now, if I would give you guys some questions, I'm not going to. Would you ask me whether there dinosaurs there? <laughs> uh, usually when I do question and answer and young people, they always ask me where there dinosaurs there. Would you ask that question? Would you ask that question? Good. I'm not going to answer it then. Okay, that's good. I just looked at them. I thought, if they had a question, what question would you ask? None? What? Is there basketball there? That's interesting. 
Now, this is, this is out of the ordinary. I usually don't do this. This is out of the ordinary. There wasn't basketball like we have on the planet. But you're going to have more fun there than you can ever imagine. God knows he created us to smile. When I, when I got there, I had joy. You know what joy is? That's really, really being really, 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 really happy from the inside out. Okay? I had joy when I got there. And the next morning, I had more joy. And the next moment, I had more joy than that. And the next moment, I had more joy than that. We're going in the opposite way than we go on the planet. Is that good news? And guess what? I was created for that joy. Some of regret. Did that answer your question? Yeah, you can make a dunk if you want to. If you want to add a hoop, you can ask the clouds to form a hoop and, and then make a dunk. And, okay, just to let you know that. But it doesn't have to be about 10 feet tall. It could be 30 feet, 40 feet, 50 feet, 60 feet, 70 feet, 80 feet, 90 feet. You can make a huge dunk, one of those big slams. You know what I mean? So... Lord, you're something else. So here it is, you guys. <laughs> so here it is, you guys. I'm there with Jesus, and I look at his feet, and his feet love me. The fullness of the love of God was coming through the feet of Jesus. You know, I didn't have to look at his faith to receive his love. Everything about him was loving me. I came to understand something. It seemed like he only loved me. Someone said, how could that be? I came to understand something that literally when he created you, he created love for you that no one else could receive but you. That's why sometimes when you're in the service and you're feeling the presence of God and you look around and you're thinking, how come everybody else isn't reacting to this? Because you're receiving your love. It's your love. It's individually tailored, made just for you. It's not a blanket love. We're not all jumping in the same pool of love. You got a pool for you. He got a pool for him. You got a pool for yourself. She's got a pool for her. You got a pool for you. Everybody has individually tailored, made love from God. Someone said, well, I don't know about that. You're a daddy. You have children, you can't love them all the same. They're individuals. You literally create love for each and every child you got. Is this good news, you guys? You know, one of the things I have to cover real quick, I only got a few more minutes. When I got to heaven, something happened to me that I didn't know would happen. It, there was many things that were outside of my box. They weren't outside the word of God, but they were outside my boxes. Okay? One of them was family. I thought when you get to heaven, we're all the family of God. It didn't really matter if your family got there or not. But here I am in heaven, and on the other side of Jesus, my family comes to greet me in. My grandmother Mary was out front, and behind her were other relatives that I had been on the planet with. And then behind them was generation after 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 generation that everybody in my family that had a connection with Jesus, they came to greet me in. You guys, one of the things I came to understand, family is important to God. Your DNA family is important to God. You that are adopted, don't worry about it. You'll have both families come to greet you in. You'll have the one that you're literally grafted into and the one that you literally were coming out of. So you guys hear what I've just said? What did they look like? They were, they had, they were shiny. They had a, a big smile and pure joy. Why were they shiny? Because Jesus Christ was shining out of them. What was the joy? The joy, the closest I can come is you that have been, were born again. Remember the first time you came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and the joy you had. Or you that had a child and you held that child in your hand for the first time. Remember the joy you had when you had that child? You know, you know. And they had a big smile. Why were they smiling? They had no worries. None. And you know you're in heaven when your entire family's smiling. You just know it. You know what I'm talking about. 
You know, you know you got to be in heaven when everybody's smiling in your family, you know. There was one person in my family that I didn't think would be there, my Aunt Barbara. I had her in hell. I thought she wasn't saved. I thought she wasn't born again. I didn't think she went to heaven. And there she was in heaven. She was smiling, you know, she was shiny, and she had that joy. I thought for sure that Jesus would have told me she was born again. You guys hear me? I, I even had a checklist for my family, and I thought me and Jesus had an understanding that anybody in my family that comes to know him, that he would first check with me and I would approve it. Some of us are like that out there, okay? And here it is, my Aunt Barbara. She's in heaven. Someone asked me one time, when did she become born again? Because the only way you get there is to be born again. I said, I don't know. I came to understand something. It didn't matter if I knew. It didn't matter if he knew. Somebody needed to hear this. As many of you are going to end up there. You're going to come in there, and, you, and you're going to see somebody you didn't think were going to be there, but you've been praying for them. I got to tell you something. It's awful hard for someone you're praying for to go to hell. It isn't that they don't have their own free will. It isn't that they can't choose their own way. But you say, God Almighty after them. He wants them more than you do. He will do everything he can short of evil to get them there. Many of you are going to show up in heaven, going to see somebody say, wow, you made it. They're going to look at you and say, wow, you made it. He wants them there more than you do, you guys. There's a lot more I could share. This is what God wanted me to share here. I got to let you know something. When Jesus sent me back, he knew each and every person I was going to come in contact with. For you, it just happened. For me, I'm supposed to meet you. I'm supposed to know you. I'm supposed to look at you. Jesus knows that. So don't look at this as just accident. This is what Jesus Christ did, you know. I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I need to go as I'm going home. But I'm on my way home. This is not my home, you know. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm asking Pastor Jeff to come out here, stand by me. If you're in this room and something I said this morning really touched you, but you have not made that decision for Jesus Christ, and you're saying, I need to make that decision. Please bow your head and close your eyes. We've got people watching to make sure you're safe. Okay, you don't have to worry about that. We're going to make sure. But if you're in this room and, and, and um, you have never made that decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, raise your hands. We want, we want to pray for you this morning. We see the hands. We see the hands. Yes, we see the hands. More. More hands. Yeah, it's you. It's you. It's you. The Lord is talking to you. You want to make that decision to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You want to have the benefits I had, even when I didn't even know I had the benefits. You want to make sure you have those benefits. Raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We see the hands. We see the hands. We see the hands. Any more? Any more? Because I just want to give you that chance, you. You know? You may say, I got to clean up some things before I make that decision. And I want to say, come to Jesus. He'll help you clean up things. Everybody up here, Jeff can tell you. He, he, he told me his part of his story. It was Jesus that helped clean things up. If you're out there, that's you. Raise your hand. Please, just raise your hand. We see it. We see the hands. You can put your hands down. If you're in this room and you're born again, but you're not serving God 100%, and this morning you're saying, I need to serve him 100%. 
not 50%, not 99%, but 100%, and you want to make that commitment, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Just raise your hands. You want to serve him 100%. Whatever that is, raise your hands. We see the hands. We see the hands. Yeah, he's talking to you. Yes, he's talking to you. You can put your hands down. If you're in this room and you need to forgive somebody, doesn't mean you want to forgive somebody, but you need to forgive somebody. Most of us don't realize not forgiving someone is an anchor in our lives. It doesn't mean you're letting them get away with something. I'm not telling you to put yourself back in that same situation, but to become free. We're told as Christians, really we're commanded as Christians to forgive people. If you're in this room and you need to forgive somebody, even yourself, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We see the hands. We see the hands. We see the hands. You're not letting them off the hook. You're just freeing yourself up, you guys. You can put your hands down. And last, if you're in this room and you need healing, physical healing, God healed me of all 29 different things that went wrong with this body and didn't leave a residue. We know he heals. We know it. And you may say, well, Dean, I prayed for this before. And then, but that doesn't mean you cannot still come. You need healing. I don't care what it is. Even something of you that, that are older and you say, well, that's just with old age. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. My Bible tells me Moses was real old and he didn't have those issues. So we know God can do it because he did it once before. If you're in this room and you need healing for anything, raise your hand. You know, Dean sneaks off the stage and he leaves it for me uh, to finish. But I, I do want to do something. I don't want to give um, Dean applause, but I'd love to give Jesus applause for Dean. So would you just clap to Jesus for Dean? That's so good. You know, I, I thought about something he said at the end that, um, you know, Jesus does all the work and, and he's 100% invested. And um, when he's asking a question, who wants to serve Jesus more? And I'm like, and some hands are going up. And I'm so thankful for that because I think we should, with all of our beings, like serve the Lord. I don't necessarily mean in church. I just mean serve the Lord, serve him. And I thought for a moment, what would it look like if he didn't serve us fully? Like how incomplete would we be if he didn't finish, if he didn't fully do what... The, the father was asking Jesus to do for us. And um, it just like settled in me. I'm like, Lord, I, I could give up more for you, but I really like that new series on Netflix. Ouch. Like I could, I could get up a little earlier. I could, I could spend a little more time in prayer or I could, I could spend more time at work. I could do a number of different things. So um, this by no means is, is supposed to be a condemnation towards you, but just an encouragement that God has, is giving us life to live and to serve and to follow into what he's doing on the earth. I wanna pray for us. He, he asked people to raise hands. I just wanna pray for some of those hands that were raised for all of the different things. People want salvation. 
Um, and I think you should. I think you should be born again. I think you should realize that you're a sinner that needs to be saved, that Christ is the way of salvation. And I think you should pray that God would save you today. I think you should, I think you should pray that the Holy Spirit would fill you today. I think you should pray for that. I think we should pray for healings. I think we should pray for forgiveness. But we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. That all of our needs are met in a person. As Dean says, and he looked at his feet and his feet loved him. Like there's so much love that God has for us. And so when we go before him, it's not wishful rub the lamp, I hope it works type stuff. It's a person who loves us and wants to respond to us. So let's pray together, shall we? Father God, we thank you for what you've done. What you cemented for us over 2,000 years ago on that cross has made a way for us, has provided a, a boldness that the Bible says by which we can stand before you and ask these things because we have no right really in and of ourselves to ask a perfect and holy God to, to do this for us. But because of Jesus Christ, we stand before you, God, and we ask for those of you here in the room that raised your hand for salvation, that God, you would make them new. And I need you to hear this. This is not a process that God will walk you through. That is called sanctification. That is walking towards holiness. God wants that journey for you. That is it. I'm talking about salvation, a new beginning, a new creation, a, a born again experience. It's a moment that takes place. And if you want that, you ask for that. And in, in an instant, you are made new. For those that are asking for forgiveness for themselves or for others, God, we ask for forgiveness. Lord, would you, would you help us know that um, as Dean was saying, those prayers move fast and that you operate on those prayers. And so God, we ask for forgiveness for ourselves and for others. God, we ask that we would also um, believe for healing for ourselves and for others, that we believe um, we are a church. Renaissance is a church that believes in healing. We have prayed for people to be healed in this church and we have experienced people being healed in this church. And so we continue to go before you, Lord, in Jesus' name that there would be healings here. God, we thank you for everything that you have done. We love you. Would you just say that? Say, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. There's never been a moment that you haven't been engaged in our experience, our journey on the light, on this world, and, and you are engaging us even still today. So we love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining with us today. We would love to pray for you and make a connection with you. So please check out the Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Here you can ask questions, request prayer, find past messages and podcasts, or support Renaissance through online giving. We can't wait to hear from you.